I believe you are brilliant and you can become successful regardless of any mental health challenges. You are listening to Think Tenacity Podcast, www.thinktenacity.com. I'm your podcast host, Bella Rareweld, international motivational mental health speaker. Thank you for choosing to press play. And you are tuned in to the podcast series called The Black Book, celebrating black entrepreneurs. I'm sharing with you my address book. Yes, my black book of black entrepreneurs. So without further ado, Danielle, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, thank you so much for that introduction. Yeah, I'm Danielle Bridge, Chief Exec of a company called ABC Life Support. We deliver physical and mental health first aid training across the UK. I'm also a speaker on all things mental health and I do work for lots of different organisations around strategy for their organisations and basically just drum, drum, you know, drumming the drum, if you like, for all things mental health and talking about these things. It's super important. So thanks for having me. You're very, very welcome. So when did you start up your company? So ABC Love Support itself is 12 years old now, 2010. Um, we, we planned an amazing party for our 10th birthday party, but if you remember that was 2020, so that didn't go down very well. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, 12 years trading, uh, and we started off effectively doing paediatric first aid, which was all around teaching parents how to look after their children if there was a mental health, um, a mental health, if there was an emergency with their child. Um, and I was doing that for a number of years up until 2017, 2018, when I became a mental health first aid England instructor. Um, and that's when kind of we opened up the, the, the arena, if you like, to have mental health conversations. But before that, because of my lived experience of that, of myself and my family, I've kind of been in and around mental ill health Kind of pretty much my whole life i just didn't know what it was at the time i didn't know mm. it had a name so um marrying that kind of experience with what we now know to talk about in terms of mental health was mm. a really pivotal moment in my life actually so yeah 12 years running it so you definitely are a bit of a pioneer and can <laughs> see how mental health awareness and the industry was before covid and now covid because yes. some people think in 2020 mental health just came out of the blue <laughs> like there was do you, you do have it because we're both in this sector and i've been in the sector since 2018 so some people yeah. think mental health was created by covid, COVID. Or yes, yes. covid infection yeah absolutely i love that that you pinpointed that so we kind of talk about this quite a lot actually and go Mental ill health and mental illness was around way before COVID ever reared its head, and it will continue as as long as the human race is part of of part of the universe, right? So, it is definitely something that we all we all have, um, and yeah, just because of 2018 or 2020, certainly bringing it to the forefront. So yeah, I, I, for that I'm quite grateful. Um, yeah. But actually, 2017 was the time when it kind of started to be talked about in the mainstream because Theresa May. Mm. Uh, started wanting to have mental health as part of the workplace agenda and prior to that it kind of wasn't first aid was which is my other side of the business but 2017 she wanted to leave a legacy around implementing mental health support strategic kind of direction and mental health first aid within organizations so I'm very thankful to her for that thanks yeah probably just about what I'm thankful to her for but you know that's it really fantastic 
And your business, ABC Life Support, that offers first aid, but, but also mental health first aid, is a mm. CIC. Could yes. you show the audience what is a CIC? Yeah, so a CIC stands for Community Interest Company. And effectively, it's a business that is drawn up to kind of sit in the middle of a business and a charity. So when you're a charity, you rely quite heavily on grant um, donations, you know, charitable donations, etc. And they tend not to trade um, that all their kind of money comes from fundraising, the majority should I say, whether it's a CIC, the idea is that you trade and you use that money for good. So the money, the profits that you have, instead of going to directors, it goes back into the business to help to deliver the impact that you set out to deliver. So with our CIC, the reason why I set it up as a CIC, actually, again, one of the firsts to have the CIC back in 2012, when it came about, my business was founded in 2010, um, but I wanted to do something where the community was at the heart of everything that it is that we did. And mm. my love of first aid came from pediatric first aid. And actually the, the story behind it was that my mum, my brother and I lived in a refuge. Uh, we escaped uh, some pretty robust, difficult situations at home mm. and ended up living in a refuge. And when we were there, you know, we were there with a number of different mothers and lots of other different children. And, and fast mm -hmm. forward many years, I often kind of used to go back and say, who looked after those those mums, right? You know, they had kids and what if there was an emergency, you know, what would the parents have done? And I remember speaking to my mum about it and she said to me, Danielle, you know, we didn't think about, we didn't know where our money was coming from for food, let alone going on a first day course. Um, and so I said, you know, when I found this business, I'm gonna start this business and I'm gonna do it for people that were like us in that, in that house. And that's what it is I did. So with ABC Life Support, the idea is that we use general trade opportunities with organisations to deliver their mandatory first aid training, which they have to have by law, not mental health, but um, the physical first aid, certainly. And then we use those profits to deliver back into the community those courses that people wouldn't otherwise access. And we do that by working with impact partners, we call them. So organisations like uh, the One YMCA, Bernardo's, uh, you know, all of these organisations which are really close mm. to my heart, we we deliver their subsidised courses. So yeah, that's, sure. that's what CIC sure. is. Because I have seen many of those impact partnerships on your logos. So the way the CIC works then, where there is profit, it can be put back into the community, which means that those impact partners could perhaps have a mental health course subsidized or That's it could it. be free of charge. Okay, That's great. Exactly it. Because yeah, yeah. we have a lot of entrepreneur listeners and some people actually have no idea what a CIC or community interest company means. That's wonderful. And congratulations is in order to you being a social entrepreneur because you recently won an award. Can you tell I me did. a little bit more about that? Yes, I won the Precious uh, Award, mm. which was an award which was extremely close to my heart because I love that organisation. It was founded uh, by a woman called Feluke 15 years ago um, around women, black women specifically, building businesses and a place to celebrate us. As entrepreneurs, as businesswomen, women, you know, in an industry, in the industries that we chose to work in, and so 
uh, this year, oh, well, was it this year? No, last year, I won the Social Entrepreneur Award um, mm. and it was just amazing. Such an amazing experience. And I got to share it with my mum, which was lovely because she was oh. the reason kind of behind my my, my, my business that, you know, yes. that kind of inspiration Definitely. behind it. So for her to come up on stage with me and, sure, and receive sure. the award was amazing. And being in COVID times, a life of COVID, were you actually able to attend the event or was it an online event? We were, yeah, it was a, It was in person. It was at the Waldorf Hotel in London. It okay. was stunning, we had dinner and, you yes. know, there was, there was networking. I saw some amazing wow. people there. Yeah, really, really kind of humbled by that. It was an amazing um, opportunity sure, for me. And sure. yeah, sitting there actually, I don't know if you can see it, but. Just just okay yeah, on my yeah, yeah on my window so, yeah so, we will definitely shocked. add the link to your award in the podcast show notes Thank and you. what does it actually feel as an entrepreneur winning an award becoming recognized how does that feel yeah do you know what it's people say oh you know like you introduced me as an award-winning entrepreneur I'm like oh my gosh oh yeah I, I am <laughs> Uh, and so you should it, be proud it, and say yes yeah, I am it's okay proud. to say yeah, that <laughs> absolutely um it does feel I feel validated in the work mm. that it is that I do because you know in the everyday grind you know you're a businesswoman in the everyday grind that, that we have when we're running businesses you can kind of forget all of the really good things and the forget mm-hmm. kind of you know pat yourself on the shoulder and just mm-hmm. say well done you know you've done this you've made that happen um, that's few and far between when you're busy doing the work. So when you are recognized and people have come together in a room and looked at a list of people and your name is number one, that's amazing. It's an amazing feeling. So I'm I'm super humbled, very, very grateful. And yeah, I worked, sure. I've worked hard for it. So I'm very, very chuffed. And I also think from an entrepreneur coming to another entrepreneur, the graph that we put into our work that can sometimes <laughs> have a toll on our mental health. What tends to happen is we can naturally focus on all the bad things and then Mm. little one odd things. We don't always celebrate. So Mm. like where I can see your certificate, you know, position near your window, it's like a nice reminder, especially when you're going through those little tough times. Yeah. Could you share with the audience, um, who are the overview of your type of clients who uh, book the mental health first aid courses? Yeah, great question. So there are so many. So there's kind of two strands because I think the CIC has two strands. So it's quite easy to talk about it in those terms. So number one is an organization with an HR function and mm-hmm. with a lot of staff who who care about their staff you know and actually when mm-hmm. i say I, I, I rewind that it doesn't have to be a lot of staff it has to be a, a staff a workforce that cares about one another you know just as much as they would do for their physical health for their you know they get first aiders because if there was a medical emergency then they mm-hmm. need to be able to, to you know to respond so our ideal client is that company that wants to take the care of their staff seriously and not just a tick box exercise so we help go into organizations and understand what their pain points are, you know, and a lot, when you start to open up and have dialogues, you'll know this, you know, when you have dialogues around mental health, people start to feel confident enough to talk about what they're going through and talk about the difficulties mm. that they have. But mm. these, these things are not in isolation. So often mm. people would say, you know, leave your personal life at the door when you come to work. Uh-uh, mm-hmm. that's completely impossible so i remember talking a lot about it during 2020 and 2021 where we would say i'd say 
pe people are having breakdowns, but they're just having them privately. And if they're at work, it's probably the toilets. They'll go to the toilets, somebody's upset them or they've had enough, their stress container's too full, they go to the loo, they sit on the toilet, <laughs> they'll cry their eyes out, flush the loo, wash their face and go back to work, you know, because they're embarrassed, there's stigma attached suffer, to it. They suffer in silence, suffer in silence. Yes. And, and another thing is nine to five might just sound like seven hours, right? <laughs> when you're busy and the day goes, you're like, oh my God, where's my to-do list? But when you've got things on your mind, that yes. seven hours feels like a week. You're waiting. Absolutely. So imagine you're sitting there with struggles and you're like counting down for five or six o'clock. It's not easy. Yeah, absolutely. So from that point of view, it's quite interesting because we tell people to make sure that with mental health first aiders, they're there to just make sure that in the emergency there that, you know, they can help. What they don't do, and I think it's quite important for people to understand that process is that mental health first aiders are not there to sit there and run clinics about your mental health. Mm. You know, they're not there for you to knock on the door and say, look, guys, I'm really having a really difficult time and I want to tell you everything that's going on with me today. That's not what they are there for. They are just like you and I, but they have advanced skills around listening and signposting. Mm -hmm. So that's their role. It is not to be able to kind of sit there and, and deal with all people's issues and problems because they're not therapists. That's not what a mental health first aider is. I'm glad you um, brought that to focus because some people actually don't know what mental health first aid is. So could you give an, a brief like, overview or maybe a couple of what are the key takeaways? What do you learn or the education from that first aid course? So the first thing is an educational base. So a lot of people talk about mental health, but they, they normally talk about mental health from a position of somebody they know or themselves and their learning lived experiences. Mm. With the mental health awareness course, it's more of an education. And how long does it run? So there are a couple of different options with the mental health first aid um, programme. We've got like a half day workshop, which right. is, is, is fine, but it's a taster. And I guarantee the minute that people have finished that, they're like, oh, <laughs> what more can I do? Um, the gold standard product that we that we use or, or that we participate in is something called the two day mental health first aider, because that mm. means you come away with an actual qualification. You have mm. two days of skills um, and practice and scenarios, etc., where you can learn and utilize what it is that you've learned actually in a safe space. So that's what people can actually learn. And it's heavy going, you know, it's not a, it's not a, a, a breezy uh, you know, workshop to do. It's 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 a deep and meaningful workshop, and it and it means a lot because people come away saying things like, "I didn't know how to have a conversation about that, and now I feel super confident," or "I had no idea." Some people have realization about things that happened in their own life, and they've come on a workshop and gone, "I now understand yes. why my life or why that." my life of somebody else or the experiences of a friend or a family has gone that way. I did not know. I didn't have a clue. So yeah, it can be really impactful. You come away from, I certainly come away from delivering them <laughs> with, a, yeah, with a lot yeah. of, wow, I've made a difference. Yes. And now we're in COVID, you can have online courses and in yeah. person as well. Yeah. Okay. That's Wonderful. What would you like more people to know about your industry that they may not be aware of? Wow, great question. Um, 
just that it's not it doesn't have to be as scary as people think mm. that it is i think when you start to talk about mental health you you kind of have lots of people that clam up and don't want to talk about it or you have some people that want to tell everybody about their experiences and what i love about the the, the complexities and and the diversity of humans is that whatever your experience is, is your experience and you have every right to bring your experience to the table um and so when we're looking at mental health like training mental health first aid training those quietest of people that have never spoken about things before mm. get an opportunity to start to open up and i mm. love that so it's safe it's a safe environment it's very mm. well designed so people are supported you know throughout the whole two days uh, by somebody who's qualified and has been doing it for a while you know so we get vetted we have to do cpd every year you know so we get looked after by the organization as trainers um to just understand that because it's something that affects everyone it's something that everybody really really should learn yes, about yes. because we learn about physical first aid we learn about you know if i was talk about cpr people go oh, use that staying alive video or you know i remember that when mm. i did that so people have their own experiences um, or memories of doing first aid because it's been around for so long um but with mental health first aid it's still relatively new so people are just yeah. a little bit weary wary about yeah. what it might mean for them yeah most yeah. definitely and you touched on something there that it's a platform that you may have had thoughts in the past or questions and then because you're in this environment and it's a safe environment it allows you to maybe address some of those thoughts you've had you touched on something really exciting there danielle because there's a misconception because some people just think oh i don't have mental health he does she doesn't but we all have mental health, like physical health. What are your views yes. on that? Right, so it's fascinating because you've just you've just demonstrated it um, in your sentence. You said that some people have got mental health and some people, what, what I found or what I've come across over the years is that people use the terminology mental health when they want to talk about mental ill health. Yes. So they'll say things like, oh, that person's got mental health. Um, and I go, no, we've all got mental health. Do you mean they have mental health challenges or difficulties or they got mental illness or are they mentally unwell or are they have or they've lived with mental ill health? So the language matters. We yes. all have mental health. Every single one of us have mental health. And so much so, even a little bit more profound than that, is that we cannot be healthy without mental health. You cannot be healthy without mental good mental health. And what that means is that if you are suffering from mental health challenge or difficulty, you are unwell just as much as if you were suffering from a physical ailment you're unwell so it's important to recognize and understand the power of our language so we yeah. all have mental health mental health belongs to every one of us yeah everybody goes through times of mental ill health because it's natural it's a normal part of the ups and downs of life we have bereavements we lose people we split up with mm. our partners we lose our jobs that's mm. definitely going to have an impact on our mental health right so we're going to be living with challenges that, that affect our mental health but not everybody lives with mental illness for example you know right. um, so mental illness is when somebody lives with diagnosable um challenge where it where it's longer more profound more um more impactful than mental ill health would be perhaps and so it's quite a complex um subject but we all we're all in it <laughs> we're all yeah, kind you... of on this journey <laughs> You've explained it so delicately, but um, very informatively. 
And also making a clear distinction, mental ill health and mental illness means you have actually a diagnosis that potentially is probably long term, but you still can maybe have some of the symptoms of mental ill health, but it's not like you have a prolonged um, chronic illness. Or even a diagnosis, you know, some people might not have a diagnosis. And, you know, for example, I know people have lived with symptoms of depression for a very long time, Mm -hmm. but might not have ever received a diagnosis of depression. And, and that understanding that you can have, you can be really unwell mentally and never ever receive a diagnosis, but live a life which is potentially unfulfilled as a result of not accessing support or help or or receiving a diagnosis in order to get onto a road of recovery. But similarly, people who have been through an awful lot of things mentally have received a diagnosis, are on a are on medication perhaps, and also are using tools to be able to help themselves in life and living their best life. So from that point of view, you know, that kind of parallel where receiving a diagnosis seems for people to be oh gosh it's awful it's the end of the world Mm. and actually that is not the case and yet on the other side of the spectrum you have people who haven't received a diagnosis and are not taking medication but are actually in a really bad way if we understood our place or if we understood more about this subject people would hopefully get the support it is that they need quicker without without delay because they understand what the processes are and that's something that's that, that i'm passionate about I I stand with you on that. And I hope there are many takeaways from our podcast interview today. But one of the things I would love those that might be struggling with mental health to understand that if you actually get professional help from your doctor or a therapist or a mental health practitioner, and then they do diagnose you, I would like viewers to actually understand that might be a very positive thing and a thing to celebrate because then it actually gives you closure. Oh, um, there were things that was going on and I didn't know. You've got your answers. And then the greatest thing is once you have a, a diagnosis, it's like baking a cake when it's gone flat and you don't know, oh, did I do enough eggs? Now that you know, you know how to repair it. Okay, next time I break a muffin, I need to use um, self-raising, not plain flour. So then you know how to treat your diagnosis to make you feel better. You are listening to Think Tenacity Podcast. Did you know Think Tenacity Podcast is proudly sponsored by rareworldremovals.co.uk for all your home and office removal needs. Whether you're moving a single item Moving home or moving office location, our professional drivers with over 13 years experience will be able to help you with any of your removal needs with an outstanding low-cost hour rate. Receive a quote today. Visit rareworldremovals.co.uk. You can follow us on social media, searching Rare World Removals. Follow us on Instagram, search Rare World Removals. In your first year of running a business, we all know running a business as well can often be stressful. What would you whisper in your ear for the first year of your business? Because you've been going like almost 13 years. What would you have said to yourself? And maybe to alleviate some of the stress. Yeah, do you know what? I can't because if I was to whisper it, I'd probably only whisper, what are you doing? That's what I'd whisper because um, <laughs> I had a 20 four month old and a newborn when I started my business. (laughs) So yeah, my daughter was tiny. um, And I remember she was, 
yeah, she, she was brand new. And then five months, she was five months when I did my first course. Um, so I was busy, but I also only worked around my children's needs. So I was, I was lucky enough to want to do this work because I wanted to do it, not because I had to. And I'm very blessed to have been able to say that. Um, so I took my time and I was there and I certainly didn't work as hard as I, I do yeah. now in terms of my children are both older and at school and don't need me practically anymore. But I, I built my business around the needs of myself and my family because that for me wow, was, was number one. But I also appreciate that that is not the privilege of some people. Mm. They have to go out and work, you know, all the hours because of their circumstances. So I guess from a mental health point of view, it's to understand yourself um, and to do the work to, to get to know yourself and to be compassionate and to be kind and to listen to your cues um, when you are needing a break, perhaps, or when you're doing too much and, and stepping back from the things that cause you stress when that happens. Um, because I think that's the thing we struggle with even now, 13 years later. <clears throat> Absolutely. On Think Tenacity podcast, we focus and support entrepreneurs, business owners, running a business who might be struggling with mental health. And one of the big questions we get is around loneliness because starting a business most businesses do start off on their own they may not have a team what advice would you give to startups or entrepreneurs who are struggling with loneliness yeah find a network I remember my first network network with ABC Love Support as a business owner was a company called uh Women in Business Network WRBN um and it was a local group to me. And I remember going along and saying, and realizing quite quickly that the people in the room were not really my target market. Mm. So in terms of selling in the room, that was never gonna happen. And I, my mentor Nicola said to me later, it's not about selling in the room, it's about talking about your business and getting support for yourself. And it was a very yes. valuable lesson. Um, but that network for me was absolutely core at offloading with my peers people I didn't mm -hmm. have to kind of put on a, a face with, I would just go, oh, mm -hmm. sales sucks, or I hate doing these calls, or, you know, our social media is a nightmare, blah, 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 and not have any judgment because we're all the same. And looking forward to that once a week was really super important to me because with that mm -hmm. network, you also get the opportunity to have one-to-ones, you know, so you arrange uh, further meetings with other people. Um, and then since I moved out, I stopped going to women in business maybe four years ago. I now belong to a town network uh, where I mm -hmm. live called the Shifties which are amazing. And Alex is the entrepreneur that runs that. He's fully supportive about all things community. And you don't feel as if you're alone when you find a network. Yes. So yes. find a network. And it doesn't necessarily have to be kind of traditional networking. I think mm. people often think they have to join a club that's set up for that. Make your own network. Find people that yeah. are like-minded and arrange time with them. And if you feel that you would benefit from a, a, you know, a more structured agenda, then structure one. But, you know, do, yeah. do your own. Yeah. Like, find yeah. something. I love what you say there because when some people think like collaboration or network they forget you can do your own and it doesn't have to be a huge quantity of people your own network of support could be a few people Absolutely. you know it's like yeah. the same famous saying you can have a lot of friends but your close friends are like a couple of fingers do you know what That's I mean you know? yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so tell me running your first aid business and also you're a speaker in the chair how do you make time and manage and look after your own well-being whilst running the business 
I'm really good at it. Okay. <laughs> so I was speaking to somebody about this yesterday, which was really interesting. And I think what's more interesting about this conversation, this particular uh, subject, is people's expectations of, of you. So and I'll give you an example. I had a really difficult time last year. Um, we, we spent as a business the whole of 2020 and the beginning of 2021 working. Nobody got furloughed in my business. We were supporting, from a mental health point of view, we were supporting organizations to help support their own staff. So we were offering kind of um, strategy work, you know, telephone answering calls. We were doing debrief sessions for teams, etc. cetera. Um, and it was a lot, you know, it was, it was a lot. And so 2021 in July, which was just around the time I got COVID, um, I, my body and my mind had enough. I li I just yes. hit a wall. I mean, I hit a wall, and my team just scooped me up. Literally, just said, "Right, that's it." C cleared my diary from any co any courses mm. or any kind of things I had to do, and I took to my bed. Now, I love TV, so I'm massive films and Netflix fan. <laughs> so mm. uh, I always have been a TV fan and film fan. So I took to my bed. I'm not, you know, I I went to bed and I relaxed and I took my time. And like I said, I was privileged to have a team to look after the business. Um, but I just took a step back. And I remember somebody saying to me yesterday when I was talking about it, she goes, oh my God, I'm so sorry to hear that. I said, isn't it weird how people feel the need to apologize when all I did in that situation was to say enough. And actually I'm going to bed now. I'm going to take some time out for me and I'm going to do everything it is that my body and my mind needed. But people tend to see that as a slight in a person, that it's something that went wrong. And it wasn't something that went wrong. I yes. was absolutely fine whilst living my best life watching TV. Absolutely. <laughs> I just, and I, yeah. It's people. And I think what wasn't recognised, what wasn't recognised there is that you put your mental health first. You knew you had to rest and recuperate. Yeah. You mentioned during COVID, your business got busier. Yes. What do you think you learned during COVID? We are still in COVID, but, you yeah. know, it's the... What I learned, yeah, was a really, really important and fundamental piece of information now, which hasn't changed. And that is that at the core of every business are people. Mm. And without your people, your business is nothing. If you don't look after the people within your business, you have nothing. And so with everybody clapping for the NHS, for example, you know, people use the NHS and have done for many, many, many years and they take things for granted and they go mm -hmm. to hospital. And those same people who were clapping outside their houses every Thursday were the same people that were potentially shouting at the receptionist because they had to spend two hours in A&E or, you know, and all of a sudden it's this, oh, you know, our NHS are doing amazing things. And we were kind of, my mum worked in <clears> the NHS as a adult mental health social worker. And so my mum was like, I don't want your claps. What I'd like is a system which does, which means that we're not over, yes. start, over you know, over, yeah. <laughs> over uh, understaffed and, and you know, and underpaid, that's what we want. You know, we want recognition for the work that we do all year Absolutely. round, not just during COVID. So for me, it taught me a lesson that we know that people are at the core of our business. We know that without us, us individuals, us humans, our communities, we are nothing. And so we have to work on those. And that's why I hope that post COVID times, no matter what that looks like, we don't forget that. Absolutely. That, that is something that um, had crossed my mind as well, especially now that it's more recognised about mm. kindness and, you know, you mm. should have been 
participate in kindness before, COVID. before. So let's hope that when covid finishes things just don't reset like this and go back to normal you know exactly and, yeah and that brings me on to my next question if you had an extra hour a day for self-care what would you do yeah yoga I really would. I, I I hear about yoga all the time, and I and I I look at it. Maybe it's the depictions of very good marketing of people who are doing something to do with yoga, and they look very serene and they look very peaceful and in the moment. I wait. I lift weights, which is completely opposite. You know, it's very quite loud, and you know, using yeah. quite big muscle groups, etc. Yeah. And it's it's fantastic for my mental health. But I think I would like to do something more, kind of peaceful and calming so I think that's what I'd probably do if I had an extra hour or maybe watch some more Netflix fantastic in our community our black community in our community our black community we have a mental health crisis where one in four people do not share their mental health issues why do you think that is stigma and I think when we're talking about you know our black community we would have the same if we were talking about I don't know um the Asian community or mm -hmm. women or men and mm -hmm. it's, this is our community right so we're mm -hmm. well placed to talk about things within our own our own uh, group but it's stigma and that is across the board regardless of who it is that we're talking about the issues we have as black people is how the system sees us and how the system treats yes. us very differently. Yes. So from my point of view, the crisis is not necessarily what we're going through, but it's the crisis is still there based upon why we are still not, we are not getting the support that we need just because of the color of our skin. Yes. And that's the bit that breaks my heart, right? That's why. And we know that black people are very skeptical about mm -hmm anybody that works in the medical field because we have been yes. shown time and time again yes. that the the respect for black and brown bodies has not been given in times of crisis in times of caring you know and and so there's a lot of distrust and that distrust will continue to be there until there has been proper and real reform around mm -hmm. that subject matter and that will only ever happen when people that look like you and i are making decisions in positions of power and until that happens, we're going to continue to have this crisis because there is a, a massive amount of distrust. Why do you think it's important for black people to have access to black therapists or black doctors or black psychiatrists? Mm -hmm. Because representation matters. And because of the, the intersectional issue around discrimination, which we have suffered from, there is twofold, threefold, fourfold, fivefold, when we are approaching somebody to talk about our deep and painful uh, situations, perhaps, that we've got to then get through a barrier of understanding. And with a black therapist, you don't have to do that introduction. Mm. <laughs> Just the fact that you share menelin <laughs> means that you both recognize and understand those barriers. And it means that that trust can be built. And it doesn't necessarily mean that that black therapist is going to be the best therapist. It just means that there's going to be a modicum of, of trust or understanding based upon that shared lived experience as a black person. For more mental health tips and to see how you can improve your well-being, visit www.thinktenacity.com and sign up to our newsletter. 
On this segment of Think Tenacity podcast, I give my podcast guests an opportunity to ask me a question. Hashtag just ask Bella. So Danielle, what is your question for me? Um, so yeah, I want to find out what your mission is around creating a space to discuss uh, black mental health. Yeah, what is it that you really want to get out of your, your journey? So my mission, and for those who are not aware, I run a yearly event called Making Time for Black Mental Health. Uh, the next event is the 31st of May. And what my mission is to give a voice to people from the black community, to be able to feel free and comfortable to say, I'm not feeling okay, to no longer feel that they have to be silenced and no longer feel ashamed that they cannot share their feelings. And there is a day that I do dream that, for example, Danielle, if I met you on the high street and you said, oh, hi, Bella, how are you? That I don't have to automatically say, oh, I'm fine, you're right. Yeah. That I can actually say, do you know what, Danielle, this morning was a rough day. I walked in the park, but I'm feeling fine. Last week was really difficult. And maybe a step further, if you have anxiety, depression, or whatever mental health symptoms to say, I've been struggling a bit with depression because what that does is creates a voice and trust because then you mm. might turn around and say, oh, wow, I've had that too. And what that does is education because you may not actually even know what depression is or anxiety and then you'll learn. And then guess what? You'll go and tell another friend. So that is one of my missions and dream. And one step at a time and using my mm. own voice that's where I'd like to get to. Fantastic. I'd like to ask you, this is a question that I ask my podcast guests, if you were not in your dream job, what career job or dream role or job, what would you do instead of doing your uh, role as a CEO of a first aid company? Wow, I'd be in a band, I'd be touring with my band, the Hi-Fi Dropouts. Just a big shout to those guys. Um, lo yeah, lockdown was a bit of a, a killer for us, really. We haven't done any gigs for a while, but yeah, I love to sing. I've sung for oh, years. Oh, brilliant, brilliant. Um, yeah, and that's what I would do. I've always wanted to do it, but I, okay. you know, so I'm a bit of a, a, a closet kind of yeah. superstar, really. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, with, with the world of COVID, a lot of people are wanting to follow their passions. So guys, Danielle's details are in the podcast show notes. So let's see, dreams are happening for 2020 yeah. and beyond. So you never know, you know, I'll give a shout out, you know. Nice. <laughs> you are listening to Think Tenacity podcast. Follow us on social media by searching Think Tenacity. Follow us on LinkedIn, search Think Tenacity. And to wrap up the podcast session, um, this is what we call our quick fire boxing round, where I'll Ooh. literally give you a few options and you have to say the first thing. Okay. So um, are you ready I am. for your Let's go. first round? Okay. Android or Apple phone? Android. Online diary or paper diary? Online diary. 
early morning workout or evening workout? Definitely early morning. Netflix or Amazon Prime? <laughs> Netflix. <laughs> BBC News or Sky News? No news. Living in the countryside or living in the city? <sighs> countryside. Working from home, working in the office? Working in the office. Taking the bus or taking the tube? Bus. A fiction book or non-fiction? Fiction book, please. A nice cup of tea or cup of coffee? Oh, a nice cup of tea. Taking a bath or taking a shower? Taking a shower. Going to the cinema or going to the theatre? Going to the cinema. Rice or pasta? <laughs> Rice. <laughs> Do you know what? I just thought of that, you know? <laughs> Rice all day long. Because <laughs> for some reason, I don't eat a lot of pasta because it makes me heavy during the day and sluggish and tired. So, uh -huh. brilliant. Yeah. Danielle, right all day long. <laughs> Danielle, you have been a superstar oh, on the you. podcast show. And thank you again for being a event panel speaker. I'll give a quick clip here for the audience because you were fabulous on the panel. Oh, thank you. Introduce your name and your job role, please. Yes, so I'm Danielle Bridge. I'm the chief exec of a company called ABC Life Support, CIC. We're a community interest company that delivers physical and mental health first aid training and psychoeducation training across the UK. We work with clients such as the Shakespeare Globe, Bernardo's, One YMCA, some big um, national names. And I'm also an associate for Mental Health First Aid England, and I also chair a mental health network where I live here in Cambridge. So quite a lot of fingers in quite a lot of mental health pies. And as we are in the month celebrating Black History Month, we're also celebrating at this event Black business owners. So my hat goes off to you. Thank what you. year did you start your business, Danielle? 2010 from my living room. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah I was an ex-St. John Ambulance trainer. So I did first day training for St. John in London since 2006. And I had my children, Sebastian and Hermione. And when Hermione was five months old, I set up ABC Life Support. So I had three babies. I had two actual humans and a, and a business. Um, and yeah, it was quite it was quite hard work looking back on it now, but it seems like such a long time ago. You know. For the audience who may not know, what is mental health first aid training? This is like somebody becoming a physical first aider, where if somebody collapses with a cardiac arrest, mm. somebody's taught how to use a defibrillator and they know how to do CPR, right? That's what that person does. If you are a mental health first aider, you are taught the skills needed to listen actively, pick up on signs and symptoms of somebody becoming unwell, listening for these subliminal messages that Joanne was talking about earlier in terms of, are they thinking about killing themselves? Do we talk about that? And we have that in a really safe environment because it puts the fear in people when they start talking about something they're not used to talking about. Mm. So we create a really kind of welcoming and safe environment for people to talk about these things. And when they leave, they feel confident to be able to 
to have an intervention, which might mean that they say, do you know what? I hear you, I understand this must be really difficult for you. Did you know that there are certain things that are available for you? For example, Joanne works in psychotherapy. It might be really useful to go and speak to somebody who might be able to help you with what you're going through. I'll include all your details on the show notes and um, yeah, it'll be great to stay in contact with you. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure catching up with you and thank you for all you do with you with your voice. Seriously, more people should do it. It's absolutely brilliant. So thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Oh, you're welcome. If you are a black entrepreneur and would like to be a podcast guest, send us an email at podcast at thinktenacity.com. I'm your podcast host, Bella Rareworld, international motivational mental health speaker, launching this brand new series called The Black Book, celebrating black entrepreneurs. Follow us on LinkedIn. Search Think Tenacity. Did you know Think Tenacity podcast is proudly sponsored by rareworldremovals.co.uk for all your home and office removal needs. Whether you're moving a single item, moving home or moving office location, our professional drivers with over 13 years experience will be able to help you with any of your removal needs with an outstanding low cost hour rate. Receive a quote today. Visit rareworldremovals.co.uk. You can follow us on social media searching rareworldremovals Follow us on Instagram. Search Rare World Removals.